folks welcome into a title screen is still up there folks welcome up welcome into a brand new episode of train rack fantasy football wake here meerkat on the top right our names are actually on the screen right now that's rare so you know you got jordan on the bottom steve there uh, right next to him. Got a great episode for you guys today. Talking bold predictions, which is what fantasy football is all about. Literally, every draft pick you make, you should make because you have a bold prediction about that player. You think they can finish as the best quarterback, best running back, best wide receiver in the draft. And you know what? That's the name of the game here, is just getting it right. And we're going to talk it through you on this episode of Trainwreck Fantasy football and i'm gonna waste no time getting into this because i had a draft last night okay and i got a few things i want to rant about with it <laughs> first and foremost we were talking briefly before we went live here about you know the guys that maybe you don't want to be in a fantasy football league with i'm just going to tell you who not to be if you're going to go on auto draft after the seventh round don't join a fantasy football league to be completely honest like there's nothing that ruins the natural ebbs and flows of a draft like someone being stuck on auto draft so the guys that are naturally falling aren't falling anymore people reach this guy has like four quarterbacks on his team now because he just auto drafted for the last round it's brutal so please for the love of god just don't be that guy don't be the guy who just shows up for the first few rounds the first hour of the party and then leaves that's not where the fun is that's not where the fun is but speaking of the seventh round, I got a player in the seventh round I'm really excited about. And Steve, I think I was texting you about it. I think you know who it is. Uh, yeah. So so that kind of ties into my bold prediction here. It's Kareem Hunt, okay? And I understand hesitancy towards drafting Kareem Hunt, and that obviously the reason is Nick Chubb, an obvious potential top 10, top 5 running back for fantasy this year. But we're not talking enough about Kareem Hunt. And – this is kind of obnoxious to me because last year when Nick Chubb was on the field, Kareem Hunt was actually the better running back, like between when Chubb was and when Chubb wasn't. Kareem Hunt was actually the seventh best running back in fantasy for the first eight weeks of the season, and Chubb was actually ahead of him in that time. So I think you can tell where this is going. I'm not saying fade Chubb, but I'm saying buy Kareem Hunt. I think that both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to finish this year as top 12 running backs, meaning an RB1 for your fantasy lineup this year. And it's not just what I think, it's what the coaches are thinking too. They said earlier this week that both running backs could eclipse a 1,000 rushing yards this year. And when you think of the running backs in Cleveland, yes, Kareem Hunt is the backup running back, but that's not his role. He's weapon number two on that offense. He's ahead of Odell Beckham in the packing order. He really is because Baker is just more efficient at getting it to these running backs in space. He has much more of a connection with Kareem Hunt than he does Odell Beckham, than he does Jarvis Landry, just as good of a connection as he has with Nick Chubb. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that Kareem Hunt is going to be a top 15 running back. And every time I run through it in my head, I think that I keep making it further. And that's how I got to top 12. Honestly, I keep making it go higher and higher. But as a seventh round pick for me, as an RB3 flex option, that's a steal. That is a that is a league-winning pick, in my opinion. And Jordan is making a lot of noises. Jordan, why don't you love Kareem Hunt like I do? Not the person, uh, the football player. Football I mean, player. top 15, okay, top 12. Is, You're going to tell me that Kareem We're talking bold RB1? predictions here. Yes. Kareem yes, Hunt finishes RB10 last year. And that was with going RB17 over the last half of the season. 
Ah, man. He played better. Versus the duo last year, and Chubb missed four. I mean, mm-hmm. so and Chubb Hunt. missing four, though, might be, you know, what helped Hunt have such a good no, year. No, he actually, his, right. his output in those four games was worse than his output in the okay, rest of the season. Go. Yeah, he's better with Chubb on the field. He really, really is. And, and that, like, I saw when I made the pick, someone texted in our group chat. Ew, who took the woman beater? Who took this backup running back on the seventh round? I'm like, okay, first of all, this is fantasy. Second of all, like, he's more than a backup running back. No, I I agree. I think he's he's better than just, you know, the, the backup running back. Um, and there definitely has been some guys at the top falling. But I don't know that I can see a tandem backfield producing two top 12 guys. I mean, I'm assuming you're not going to say that um, Hunt is going to outperform Chubb, right? No, no, no. Are I mean, like, it's, 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 it's within the realm of top 12 backs? Yes, 150%. That is, I mean, that's a bold prediction. That's the name of the show, though. <laughs> that's the name of the show. I mean, that is... That is bold, my man. I don't See, think I can quit, quite get Part of what you. makes Chubb so great, he, he he averages 10 yards a clip in the fourth quarter, and part of that is Kareem Hunt keeping him fresh. And so, you know, he yeah. is like that closing pitcher almost for, for the Cleveland Browns. He's that guy that, you know, ices the clock, ices the game. You know, Meerkat, I, I know I keep talking about Kareem Hunt because I'm just so excited. You've been wanting to get a few words in, so go ahead. <laughs> Well, no, I was just going to say I like that because, you know, Cleveland has such a good offensive line, and now with the offense, you saw them start to really implement it last year. They run a really just efficient offense where the run mm-hmm. game and the running backs are heavily involved, both involved in the pass game, and Cleveland's big play numbers from the rush game are insane from the backfield last year. So, I mean, they finished 9-10 and 10 last year. I think Chubb finishes better than 9. Can You know, you brought up the stat that Chubb – Hunt was actually worse when Chubb was out. Just looking on the surface, you'd assume, you know, Hunt benefited from Chubb being out. But them both, they they finished both as RB1 last year. I, unless, you know, Baker really starts using that iron more, which I don't see him throwing, you know, another 50 to 100 times more than he did last year. So I like it. Love that. Stevie? Yeah, I mean, it's a bold prediction, that's for sure. But I don't (laughs) hate it because Kareem Hunt isn't your typical NFL backup. He's used throughout the game. He's not like a third-down specialist. He's not only if they're up a lot, he comes in. Kareem Hunt is used throughout the game. It makes Nick Chubb owners lose their mind because he'll have a great drive. And then you see the second drive, Kareem Hunt starts with the offense on first down. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. He's going to get consistent touches. He's going to get, you know, a lot of playing time. And he can benefit from a Chubb injury. But... Both in top 12, it's tough, but I've called it all year. It's a running back dead zone this year yeah. in like the middle of the second round to the fourth round. It's like, do I want to reach for these guys? Do I want to wait and just take a couple stud receivers? Which has a lot of you know openings, a lot of options for a guy like Kareem Hunt who's just getting regular playing time, who we know already is good in fantasy, is efficient to get into RB1 territory. I don't feel comfortable myself like taking him, hoping that he will become an RB1. If I'm taking Kareem Hunt, it's mm-hmm. mainly because he fell a little bit, and I think I'm getting value as maybe a flex option or a third running exactly. back. But as a bold prediction, I don't hate it because running back is probably – the biggest question mark it's been in years as a position overall, and Kareem Hunt is not a question mark. We know what he's capable of. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. When you're when you're looking at fantasy value, it's important to maybe take away the 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 titles, the labels at the beginning of each player, like wide receiver, running back, and figure out where they rank in the total offense in terms of snaps, in terms of touches. Um, and that's something that's helped me out a lot. So you know, it takes a little bit of extra research, but Football Outsiders does a great job of outlining all those stats from last year. So go look at them. Uh, Meerkat, give us your first bold prediction. I'm interested to see who this is going to be. Well, there's a guy who, you know, I'm already standing on a hill for from this show this season. I already know Jordan's going to disagree, so I'm just going to ignore whatever he says. <laughs> but it's that DeAndre Swift is going to finish as an RB1 in fantasy this year, top 12 running back. I don't think that's crazy at all. He was a rookie last year in a terribly operated offense, missed three games, and still finished his RB20. He he produced. He had 878 total yards and 10 touchdowns in that terrible offense, like I said. Now there's 600 freed-up carries from wow. AP and on Johnson leaving. I don't think Jamal Williams, who is primed for that backup role, he's going to get touches like he did in Green Bay, but he is not RB1 in this offense. They invested a lot of draft capital into DeAndre Swift. You know, took, people always say take running back too high. He showed the skill last year. He can blossom. They made huge additions to that offensive line. They have a coach who wants to run the ball a lot. And as a passing options go, he's probably the second best receiver on that team behind TJ Hawkinson, if we're being real right now. And Jared Goff loves his safety blanket. And mm-hmm. Jamal Williams, not a big receiver. So I think DeAndre Swift has – there's every reason for me to believe he finishes as a top 12 running back this year. Definitely bold. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And that's what a bold prediction is supposed – it's supposed to make you uneasy. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make you a little nauseous. And DeAndre Swift as an RB1 definitely does. But, I mean, hey – they're going to be losing a lot. They're going to be passing in PPR. I think this is even more likely. Um, I don't I don't hate it whatsoever. The only thing stopping him could be injuries, but I'm not going to let injuries stop me from making a bold prediction. That's current sure. ADP of 19 for running yeah. backs. So mm-hmm. it just, I think the value's there. It's not crazy. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy who showed last year. I just think he is so primed for a breakout. I loved what I saw from him last year. All right, Jordan, give us your – you know what? No, actually, you know what, Steve? You're more inclined to agree, so we'll let Jordan go last because that just naturally makes more sense. I don't think I'm going to disagree with Meerkat because I think Swift is one of the few running backs in those middle rounds who has a chance to become a true workhorse. I'm worried more so about the situation where I think the Lions yeah. are going to be a very, very bad team this year. And when they're, a team is down a lot, you know, maybe early game, they're down two, three scores. That's when Williams is going to come in, I think, and vulture a lot of the, you know, the receiving that little short dump offs. And Jared Goff, from watching him for years on the Rams, he doesn't really target the running backs too, too much. A lot of it came in the schemes with McVay on the, you know, the running back screens or the go to one side. Everyone thinks you're throwing that way. The running backs open in the flat that way. And Detroit is a brand new, you know, coaching. It, it, we don't really know what to expect from this offense. We don't really know yeah. what to expect how they're going but to the opponent's kneecaps off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know that but much, yes. We know that, but I'm I just I it's really a giant unknown how they're gonna use these players. I like Swift as a talent, and I think he could be one of those running backs to get to that type of workhorse role would bump him up to RB1. But the Lions are a team I, I'm really trying to stay away from besides TJ Hawkinson, because I think he's the only one that you can guarantee what his role's gonna be right now. I don't really think we can guarantee Swift's role at this point in the year. 
I mean, Swift did have 60 targets as a rookie last year, too, out of the backfield. Yeah. I want to throw yeah. that in there. Jamal no, Williams and, had, like, 35 in that Green Bay offense. Right, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not questioning Swift's pass-catching ability or, like, it, you know, his targets from last year. He he has the talent, don't get me wrong. I'm more questioning Jared Goff, the Lions' offensive scheme, and if they're just out of games, why would you, you know, have Swift out there? when you're down two, three scores. Because they have an idiot quarter. coach. That's almost what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? It could benefit, right? It could benefit you. His running backs down four scores in the yeah. fourth quarter. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I, I, know that's that. like, I know people say the offense is bad. They're going to be throwing a lot. But, like, this is a terrible passing offense. Like, really bad. They're going to be down question. big in games. I think they're just going to call it. And plus, I said, their coach is an idiot, which I love. He's the type of guy who wants to pound the ball, right. establish the ground game. He's made that clear with his statements already. It, but if it's a terrible passing offense, too, doesn't that mean defenses are going to load the box against them, too, making it that much harder for Swift to get, you know, efficiency, get his yards? I, I have a, just, just the, the way he plays. He's an outside guy with yeah. that offensive line, too. I just I don't know. I don't hate it. I'm just very concerned about the lines. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Oh, I hate them. <laughs> oh, I know Meerkat. We were pounding the under. <laughs> Jordan, quick, quick, quick thoughts on DeAndre Swift and give us your first bold prediction. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of if you're going to take a guy and think that he's got upside, I think DeAndre Swift, as much as I'm not super high on him, I don't think you're really going to get burned that bad by him. Like, I think the floor isn't all that low. I don't. I personally think that he's not – I'm not as high as Meerkat, um, but I don't think that he's going to be somebody that you draft in the second round and wind up with, like, RB4-type production. You know, he's probably – he's probably as long as he stays healthy, you're probably getting at least flex value out of him. Yeah. I personally don't love him in the second round, but I really – you could do a lot worse than DeAndre Swift. And the ceiling is there. Um, you're trying to dismiss Jamal Williams though, but this guy is very Marshawn Lynch esque, at least in his press conferences. Um, he at least okay. Most, thank you for clearing yeah, that up. Very few athletes are as entertaining in press conferences. Jamal oh, I Williams, love Jamal so Williams. Williams. Really hope he sticks along yeah. for a bit. Um, that might be the only him. reason why he gets <laughs> more touches is because Dan Campbell likes him as a. Uh, as a fucking, as a, wait, is it Dan Campbell? That's his name, right? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't Dan remember Campbell, if that was though. him. Yeah, okay. I mean, this guy, you uh-huh. know, you, t- you talked about he's an idiot. And, yeah. I mean, I like the bravado and whatnot. You want to buy into it. He just reminds me a lot of Rex Ryan. Very yeah, abrasive, very rough around sure. the edges. Um, you know, cutting your, your 17-year um, captain mm. long snapper on his birthday you know what I mean? Like, you're the Detroit Lions. You've got so many players that don't need to be in an NFL roster. You cut that guy on his birthday. Like, these fans, they don't have much to root for. You're going to take that away from them? I mean, I remember the Bills when we had Brian Mormon, and that was, like, our star guy. Oh, we got a yeah, great right. hunter. You know what I mean? Like, everybody loves Reed Ferguson, but just because he's a fun guy at this point, not because he's like, wow, he's one of our MVPs on the team. You know what I mean? And to mm. do that to your fans, I just – I mean, yeah, that's, that's got to have some locker yeah. room implications too. Like a lot of guys thinking, "Ooh, maybe I don't want to, yeah, you know, sure. lay it all on the line here." So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your bold <laughs> prediction, Jordan? <laughs> My bold prediction: uh, Mr. Bisky will start Week One. No, I'm kidding. 
All right. You didn't get you. me then. I was too <laughs> no, you're not you didn't getting get there. me. No, I no. was no, my actual prediction, I will say uh, I think Jared Patterson will finish as a top 30 running back this year. Um I have I've liked him ever since Washington. I mean, I've liked him when he was with UB. I like the Washington picked him up. Um, I was a little worried because there are some guys ahead of him on the depth chart, but he's doing everything he needs to do. And aside from Antonio Williams, who, I mean, Mirkett even mentioned, I'm sure he'll be happy to talk about how he's not super high on Antonio Williams. Gibson. You mean- um, you've got J.D. Yeah, McKissick Gibson. as the pass Gibson. catcher, but mm-hmm. – if Jared Patterson can kind of fill that role, he's really a Swiss Army knife type of player. And, you know, yeah, he put up, you know, 400 yards, eight touchdowns against, you know, Kent State, not a huge school. But I think it's important to remember that this was a COVID-impacted season. So the games that he was supposed to play against the big power schools, they got canceled. We only saw him in, yeah. what was it, like five games or something crazy like that? Um, yeah. So there's a really, six really games. small sample size. It was six games, yeah. Very small sample size, and I think if anybody can break out and really snag some time, Washington might be a good place to do it. And mm-hmm. I think that he can really get flex value, and he's a guy that's pretty much not being drafted. I haven't seen him drafted in any mock draft I've done. Yeah, I, I almost oh, drafted him last night really, really late, and it's not because I think it's going to happen, but like there's just no way that Peyton Barber keeps a roster spot. Jared Patterson doesn't right. earn it. Like that's the only thing that like, you know, the guys in front of them just aren't inspiring. Like sure. JD McKissick got 14 targets in one game, but like that's cause Alex Smith didn't know how to be a quarterback last year. Like that's all that is. So, I mean, like I, I could see it happening. Um, and that's why these are bold predictions, things you can actually, you can see technically, but I am, um, Despite the UB Bulls blanket on my bed there, uh, I, I, I find it hard that he'll see the snaps. But, hey, if he gets on the field and he gets the opportunity, he could definitely do it. Definitely, yeah. Steve. So, actually, he kind of stole one of mine because my predict one of mine was Jared Patterson will be fantasy relevant. And what I mean by that, I'm not mm. going to go out and say he's going to be a certain year rank of the position because it all comes down to a situation there. Gibson's the clear number one right now. But what we know is Antonio Gibson was not a running back in college. When he was at Memphis, he was used as like a gadget guy. He only had, I believe, 33 career well, college he was rushing receiver, attempts. Yeah. 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 And he, he was, only yeah. had 170 attempts last year as a starter. He played in 14 games, started. 10 of them. He missed a few to injury and we know what J.D. McKissick is at this point. He is not an every down back. So if anything happens to Gibson, McKissick is not going to be that first, second, third down back. He may still have his role as a pass catching back and he always will. But Patterson is can be a true, you know, every down back for the football team if he's given the opportunity. Ron Rivera has been praising him these past couple of weeks because of his preseason play. He was incredible the first game against the Patriots where he had 70 total yards, four receptions on four targets. And then he went up himself in game two against the Bengals where he had 71 yards rushing on 16 attempts, 25 more receiving yards, a 37-yard, I believe it was, kickoff return. And again, three receptions on three targets, no drops. And that's something we never saw from him at Buffalo. He wasn't used at all in the receiving game because that's just not how their scheme was. But I love Patterson, and I this is biased because I've always loved Patterson. I've always rooted for the Same. Buffalo players. But he is special, and I truly believe it's not just the box scores he's putting up. It's the cuts he's making. It's his vision. And he is earning himself a role on this team. 
I am in the camp where I don't think Antonio Gibson is the workhorse RB1 that everybody thinks he is. I really think Washington, I think Washington is going to use all three of these backs. And I think Patterson is ahead of Peyton Barber. He's ahead of him right now on the depth chart. That's really all he needs to make the team. And I think he will have a role of, you know, maybe it's only four to eight touches per week when it starts and McKissick's still the third down back. But if one guy goes down with an injury, it doesn't matter if it's Gibson or McKissick, Patterson's getting plugged in and he'll have a role. You may have to have an injury for him to get the opportunity, but I don't hate this as a bold prediction at all because I love the talent, I love mm-hmm. the situation, and I love the opportunity for Patterson. So I love it. Like I, I, <laughs> I love it because it's Jared Patterson, UB, everyone's yeah. rooting for him and stuff. And they're – they're giving him every opportunity to make this roster. I mean, they're even letting him return kicks. He's he's become, you know, a I mean, relevant receiver yeah. in this preseason after not catching like any seven balls for at seven. UB. Yeah. Seven and, for and, seven. And after not catching any balls at UB and stuff. So they're giving him like the looks everywhere. And I I do like Antonio Gibson, but from a fantasy perspective, I think he's being way overdrafted. I mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be good. I just as much as I love Patterson, so I don't see him being like a impact guy in fantasy. If Gibson goes down, yeah, hundred percent. But that's a big if. I, mm-hmm. I don't see him, you know, ever getting like more than ten carries. He touches at least in a game. And yeah. when you get to like the actual game, is he going to be that viable as a receiver? Because McKissick is going to make this team, right. and you saw him get double digit catches out of the backfield last year. So I think they're giving him a pathway to, you know contribute somehow and definitely make this team but as far as this year and stuff i, I think some things definitely got to play out for him to be fantasy relevant but i would love to see him mm-hmm. you know blow up one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that his coach is ron rivera who used d'angelo williams mike tolbert and fozzy whitaker yeah. like a lot like all three of, yes. yeah that no that's my favorite <laughs> nfl name ever like honestly that's first team all name right there uh, yep. So if there's any head coach that's going to give Patterson the opportunity in the regular season, it might be Ron Rivera. So he might be in the perfect spot for it right now. Uh, Steve, let's get it going. I know you tweeted that you got one I'm going to hate. So I'll save that. Damn. I'll save oh, that good. one because I, for I'm, sure you, I'm sure you know what it's going to be. But my bold prediction oh. is kind of similar to your first one. It's okay, not cool. two Let's running go. backs on the same team will be RB1s. I think two wideouts on the same team will be wide receiver one, and it's Julio Jones and A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. I think they both will be wide receiver one. And I call it bold because the wide receiver is just stacked. The position's absolutely ridiculously stacked this year. And I think you're getting both these guys at value because being on the same team, they're kind of hurting the other one's value. I don't think you should be afraid of that. A.J. Brown last year was the – 12th ranked wide receiver in PPR leagues, but he was wide receiver six in points per game at 17.7. Julio, who was the 52nd ranked receiver because of an injury, was 14th in points per game at 16.2. Everyone's like, oh, Julio's always hurt. He's not durable. The previous three seasons before last year, Julio was wide receiver three, four, and seven. He only missed two games. He just doesn't practice. That doesn't mean he's not durable. He will play. Last year was the first time he got hurt in over four seasons. I'm not too afraid of it. And A.J. Brown was wide receiver 21 as a rookie. So he's he was great as a rookie. He was great last year. And he didn't have to do it on a wide receiver one type of targets. That's the big thing for me here. A.J. Brown is a guy who can – Get to wide receiver one value with not a lot of targets. 84 targets as a rookie, 106 in 2020. You can have two guys over 
100 targets on a team. And I think that's what the Titans will have if both guys stay healthy all year. Everybody raves about Ryan Tannehill this year. It's everyone's sleeper quarterback, breakout guy. And if he's going to break out, he's going to do it with these two wide receivers because Derrick Henry will have occasionally a big screen he runs in. But other than that, the Titans' weapons, I know you guys love Anthony Ferkser, <laughs> but they added Josh Reynolds to the slot, who is a fine guy, but 113 receptions in 64 games. That's four full seasons. He only has 1.7 receptions a game. They really don't have any other receivers other than that. And I'm still not convinced Ferkser's going to have a huge target share. He'll, he'll probably have a role, but I'm not I'm not yeah, okay, over the moon buddy. on him like you are. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but Derrick Henry ran for 378 carries last year, and, Anthony, and, and A.J. Brown was still the 12th-ranked receiver in our wide receiver one. Henry's carries have to come down a little bit. And even if they don't, I think Tannehill still can sustain both these guys. Meerkat and I talked about Julio on the Free Money Football Show. We love him. When healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. And the Titans have been running a play action uh, scheme that has been getting A.J. Brown open all the time. Tannehill and his two years starting as the Titans, first in yards per attempt his first year, 9.6. Last year, 7.9, which was still fifth best in the NFL. And he was first in yards per attempt on play action. They love using guys out of play action. It'll help for, you know, big plays where A.J. Brown doesn't need that, you know, 80 receptions to get to wide receiver one territory. And Julio Jones is just a monster. I think yeah. both guys are getting it really good value. I mean, Julio, I've seen fall to the four, late fourth, early fifth round. A.J. Brown's, you know, falling outside of wide receiver one where he's getting drafted. I love both guys. I think both guys can get to wide receiver one. And my bold prediction is that they will. Yeah, the biggest thing stopping me from believing this is just the amount that Derrick Henry takes. But that defense is bad. They're going to be behind maybe more than they expect, no matter how good Caleb Farley is in his rookie year. Uh, and, you know, Derrick Henry, say what you want, but he does open things up for that offense, too, as a passing attack. Like, you have to kind of have a third linebacker on the field every single play when you play the right. Titans. Because if you don't, Derrick Henry's getting a first down. How are you going to cover Julio Jones and A.J. Brown? And... Josh Reynolds, he's fast, so throw him in the slot. At least a linebacker can't cover him, right? Right. So, you know, like, you just can't cover them like that. So that offense has really, really good potential with how bad that defense is. This could happen. It could really happen. And, and, and last year, I mean, Corey Davis, with two goose egg weeks and missing yeah. another week, he was wide receiver 30. And Julio and, Jones is significantly better than Corey Davis in my mind. Really? Meerkat, do yeah. you agree with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Me and Steve went, <laughs> went off about Julio and the fantasy show. He's being yeah. so undervalued this year. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But if I'm building off what Stevie has to say, like his take right now, I'm going to throw in my one of my other takes I have left because it go. builds off of this. I love Julio. Love him to be a top 12 receiver this year. But A.J. Brown, not a wide receiver one to me in 2021. Okay, because uh, okay, I took wide. him I took him in the third round as my first wide receiver just like two nights ago. So you're not talking me off the ledge here, Meerkat. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got an ADP of wide receiver eight right now. He finishes wide receiver 10 last year. But I think the Tannehill regression, I think I, I think it happens this year. I know Stevie Rupp, people are high on him. I'm completely opposite. I think losing Arthur Smith is going to be a massive, massive blow to that entire offense. The guy they brought in is a tight ends coach. Like, it just didn't make sense. Arthur Smith Arthur, is the one who's that passing 
that that passing attack to AJ Brown helped build up Ryan Tannehill and pull him out of those ashes in Miami. And now he's gone. They're going to be running, you know, new stuff out there. So I just think Julio is going to be the top guy in that offense. I think the passing attack sees a bit of regression, and A.J. Brown is going to suffer from that. I'm not saying he's not going to be fantasy, you know, viable this year or a good receiver. I just don't think he's a top 12 fantasy receiver this season. I will agree with you. I think Julio is going to be better than A.J. Brown, too. I, I, yeah. I do no. think Julio is going to be – I, I, I I'm saying they're the both guy. going to be wide receiver ones. I think A.J. Brown's going to be closer to like the 10-12 range. If Julio's healthy, I think he's top five. I really think he can get there. And a couple numbers to look at just with their schedule. This is going to be the hardest passing defense schedule uh, Tannehill's ever had in his time with Tennessee mm-hmm. from last sure. year. So the the you know for the schedule variance, it's based from one, which is the hardest jump, to thirty two, which is like nothing. Their past mm-hmm. defense and past defensive rank jump in schedule this year are four and two, so an extreme jump. They face a wow. lot better defenses. I just think that the offensive line's not great. It's really old. Tannehill's starting to get you know up there in age, not really, but. He's just, I don't know. I think there's regression in this passing attack this year, although I do like Julio and my sweet baby boy, Anthony Ferkser. Jordan, what do you think about A.J. Brown here? How do you do you think he really could maybe not be a wide receiver one? Tell me better Mahomes and Gardens is not looking for a new wide receiver one right now. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. You mentioned that you took A.J. Brown as your first wide receiver in round three, so I'm assuming that you got some really solid players in the first two rounds, probably either two running backs or a running back and a great tight end like Travis Kelsey. Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson. Yeah, so you got a solid running back core. I think that A.J. Brown, to take him in the third round, I think is solid. In most of the mock drafts I've done, he tends to fall a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's somebody that, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see him as a top 12 guy, but I don't think you're going to be terribly disappointed with him. You know, if he's not a top 12 guy, I think he's going to be a very high-end wide receiver too. I don't think that he has a ceiling to be like a top five guy, um, but I think he's probably going to be in that sort of nine to 18 range of wide receivers. As far as Julio Jones, I love him as a pick this year. He's falling so far. I really think that it's too soon to say who's going to be the sort of wide receiver one in that offense right now, because as Steve mentioned, yeah, Julio was hurt last year, but it's not like this guy has really been slowing down a lot the past few years. I mean, I've I've talked about AJ Green as like a, a sleeper and whatnot, and these two guys are from the same sort of generation of wide receivers. But yeah, AJ true. Green has slowed down for yeah. about five seasons now. Right. Julio Jones has been a top guy, whether it's him measuring up against Michael Thomas or Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins. Julio's always been in that conversation, and I don't think anything necessarily has to change because outside of one season. Matt Ryan really hasn't been that great of a quarterback. I mean, he's a very solid, serviceable guy, but he's in that sort of lower franchise QB tier. And him coming into Tennessee, it's important to remember that Julio's a red zone threat. So this is a guy that, you know, even if he's not getting all the targets, if they're getting into the red zone and maybe it's, you know, third and long from from the goal line, you know, it's and you're like, "Ah, I don't know if we want to run the ball with, you know, Derrick Henry from this distance, Julio Jones is right there. He's a great red zone target. He can be a terrific touchdown vulture pickup value there. I think these two are 
pretty much equally valuable, I would say. But if you take mm-hmm. A.J. Brown in the third round, I don't think there's any reason to worry about it. I would just say if you get Julio Jones in the third or fourth round, you should be thrilled with the upside there. Um, the other guy I want to mention mm-hmm. is Josh Reynolds. I really, really love what this guy brings to this offense. I think he's one of the most underappreciated guys in the league. He's not a star player. He's not at the level where you got to worry about him really taking value away from these guys. But what he brings to that slot position, the way he affects defenses, that you have to cover that because you can't just put you know, anybody on. He's, he's good enough to burn your sort of anybody corners. Obviously, you can shut him down with your, with your top receivers, but you need those guys for A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. You can't just leave your middle open with whoever when you have Derrick Henry there. And so one of these guys is going to get open. You guys mentioned Ferkser. I don't, I don't think that all of these mouths in Tennessee are going to produce huge numbers. I think there's probably going to be an odd man out, which we'll probably see probably around like week four. But the prospects are looking really great. Like I said, I love what Josh Reynolds brings to this offense, not because he's going to be a star, but because he just adds that extra dimension that sort of chinks away at what a defense – can lock down on you know what I mean yeah we won't know who that odd man out is after week one because they do play the Cardinals that might be the highest scoring game of week one that's my first lock of week one of the NFL season is hammer the over no matter what it is in that game um (laughs) (laughs) but uh going on I think my my next one and I kind of came into this one because I was going to talk about Tannehill and everybody's talking about Tannehill so that's just boring at this point so I'm going into Tannehill 2.0 Sam Darnold Right. So, you know, Ooh. I, yeah. So I really do think, and it's not just Sam Darnold. I told you guys before the show, both of my picks here involve two players each. So, who's the player most tied to Sam Darnold right now? Robbie Zach Wilson. Anderson. No, Zach Wilson. I see Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson both being top 15 fantasy quarterbacks wow. in what? 2021. Now, Zach Wilson, what? is this a preseason? I'm going to start with Zach Wilson because that one's less of a good argument than Sam Darnold is. This Wilson is definitely an overreaction to, one, his preseason play, which has been really, really good. You have to give him credit. Yes, it's the preseason. If you don't look good, that's not good. If you do look good, that means you're ready to be in the regular season. That's all that means. But – He does have that connection with Corey Davis right now. Ty Johnson, for some reason, looks like an okay running back. Tevin Coleman, for some reason, is going to be ahead of Michael Carter on the depth chart, which I don't understand, but apparently there's confidence in those guys. They're not good enough to rely on for your offense, though, so a lot is going to fall on Zach Wilson's shoulders, and that defense is falling apart right now. Carl Lawson, uh, they they lost another linebacker today. Like People just keep – they had a DB go out the same day as Carl Lawson got his uh, meniscus or ACL, Achilles, whatever the hell it was. He's out for the season. I don't care. That defense is going to hemorrhage points, and Zach Wilson is going to have a Justin Herbert-esque rookie year just with how much he needs to throw the ball to keep his team in games. They have the most wide receiver twos in the NFL. You can't cover all of them at once. If you have like Denzel Mims, Corey Davis, and who the fuck else do they have? I can't. Jameson Elijah Moore, Crowder. Jamison Crowder, <laughs> everyone's favorite wide receiver too. There's enough guys who can get open Keelan on Cole that too. team. Keelan Cole, <laughs> Tyler Croft is looking all right. Braxton Chris Berrios. They are a very deep, average team, and it seems like Zach Wilson. After you know, he looks deep like he was getting average. some. He was, yeah, right. he was getting some, some, you know, some mentorship from Aaron Rodgers. I think that, you know, I think that he could just based on the situation, not based alone on talent, could be top fifteen. Now, Sam Darnold, it's a much better argument. Okay? Christian McCaffrey is not going to be running the ball as much this year. 
I think that's just obvious because of his injuries and they drafted Chubba Hubbard, who is a much better runner than receiving running back. I think he's going to take a little bit of the weight off of Christian McCaffrey in the run game. And McCaffrey's just going to get those touches back. They're going to be reallocated to him through the air, whether they're on screens, whether they're on just short passes in general. So those give Sam Darnold points. Every yard that Christian McCaffrey creates on his own gets Sam Darnold a point. This is the best offensive line Sam Darnold's had in his career. This is the best receiving core Sam Darnold's ever had in his career. And he has a coaching staff that seems like they want to build around him for the first time in his NFL career. So just between Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Harris Marshall is a fantastic young guy. Sam Darnold is definitely finishing as a top 15 QB. Zach Wilson probably will. It's bold. I don't hate it. It, It's definitely (laughs) bold, bold. but I don't hate it. I mean, obviously we want to hate Zach Wilson as Bills fans, but – yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dwayne. No, you, yeah, you, you see me in the uh, the train wreck chat. I, I go unbiased mm-hmm. NFL guy all the time. I love evaluating quarterbacks, and you got to be unbiased because the AFC has been a lot yeah. of young quarterbacks the past oh, two decades, too many. <laughs> other than Tom Brady. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, Zach Wilson, he's got the weapons. You brought it up, Salah. I think he's confident. Way big of an upgrade from Gase and offensive line. I know Mackie Becton's been struggling a bit, which is a concern, but they drafted yeah. well. Uh, the line looks solid enough. He looked great uh, this weekend. I know it's preseason. You got to take it with a grain of salt, but still, I just think you know Zach Wilson can be there, and you forget he can run the ball too. Um, so that that's that. And then I honestly think he might finish higher than Darnold this year, who I like. I've been a Darnold defender, my unbiased NFL guy. I think getting on a for him, I think he's wow. a good year. So I like this pick. I did not think anyone would agree more than 40% with me. So this is already going better. Steve, wow. bring me down to earth. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't hate it just because yeah! I, I think – I think top 15 is possible, and Zach Wilson has impressed me so far in the preseason. I think he would, but he has. He's looked pretty good. Darnold is the bigger question mark for me just because I, I, I don't know if he's that talented. But if he's Tannehill 2.0, I was in the same camp with Tannehill where when he was mm-hmm. with Adam Gase, I was like, this guy's garbage. I don't know why the Titans would take a chance on him. I don't like this. And then all of a sudden, he played a little better. The scheme changed. And Sam Darnold, you, you talked about his weapons. I love Carolina this year. Their weapons, yeah. their defense, their offensive line. The fact that McCaffrey's back and he has a good backup you have now. They drafted Terrence Marshall to go with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, which is quietly, That's, I think, one of the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. I think it could be a like, for sure. I think it could be top five. I really do. I love all three guys. Darnold reuniting with Robbie Anderson, who he already has chemistry with, in a new environment where Robbie Anderson's been running, you know, completely different routes than he did when his time at the Jets. I could really see it if, you know, Darnold is better than I think he is. It's Zach Wilson and Darnold, the two guys. I didn't love Wilson in the draft. I didn't love Darnold with the Jets, but they're both in pretty good situations. And you talk about Zach Wilson with the Jets, you know, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, it's it's a competent backfield, but they, they do have five okay receivers. Corey Davis showed all signs last year if he could become a number one receiver at some point. Keelan Cole has always been solid when he was on the Jaguars. And then you have Jamison Crowder, who's a very, very good slot receiver. Denzel Mims, I loved coming out of college at Baylor. He hasn't looked so great so far, but I think he has all the potential in the world. 
it's just a matter of can these quarterbacks perform and top 15 means they will perform so your your bold prediction is really that sam darnold and zach wilson will be good quarterbacks this year because if exactly, they are good yeah. enough quarterbacks they have the weapons around them to be top mm -hmm. fan top 15 fantasy qbs i'm saying you can be able to stream them or play them in dfs right. and be absolutely comfortable with it most of the time if you draft sam yeah. and darnold and zach wilson i haven't analyzed their schedules side by side but that wouldn't be a terrible streaming tandem right there. Uh, at least may maybe once you get into the, the regular season, because those guys aren't getting drafted now. So don't the pick unless you know, uh, you know, unless you're. One more thing I've got really pissed about in my draft. I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, at the end of the draft, I always have kickers for the end. And in all the leagues I run, I have it that you don't have to draft every position, right? Because if you want to okay. stock up on running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, you don't have to draft a defense or a kicker, which most people stream anyways. My league that I just drafted, I couldn't take Chubba Hubbard in the last round because I was forced to take a kicker, and I can't drop him either. So if you run a league, maybe just consider not having those roster requirements because it's just for, for people who are really kind of trying to game the system a little bit and play smarter, not harder, um, it's, 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 it's a little – it's a, it's a little unfair. It's, it's it's maybe not unfair is the word, but, you know, I know Steve agrees, and that's all that matters with me. For <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'll say on that is I think sometimes, depending on what site you use, you have to submit a full yes. roster. If you do it offline upload or if you do it through their system. But, I mean, to your point, after the draft, if someone wants to drop their kicker or drop their defense, pick up a guy, and then just wait yeah. till Sunday to pick up a kicker or a defense, I do that all the time, and I think all you should be doing that. Mm -hmm. All right. Got off tangent. Had to get that off my chest. I am sorry. Jordan, give us your bold prediction. I hope I agree with you. Um, I'm, re so I'm in the mood to agree with Jordan. Let's just talk about how right that is. Um, you know what? I hate to waste your good generosity, so I'm going to put that on hold real quick. I'm going to ask you to do me one favor. I'm going to ask you to do me one favor. I'm going to ask you to – I'm going to list some quarterbacks. And I'm going to ask no, you to Oh, stop I love me. this game already. I'm going to ask you to stop me. Yeah. When I get to somebody that you think is going to be worse than Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. Worse Patrick than Mahomes. Okay. Absolutely not. Of course. Josh Allen. No. Aaron Rodgers. No. Lamar Jackson. No. Russell Wilson. No. Maybe, Kyler but Murray. Pro most likely not. No. It's right, not because exactly. of Wilson. It's because of his coach in the offensive line. That's the only reason. Dak okay, Prescott. keep going. No. Tom Brady. Maybe. No. Maybe, but more likely than Russell Wilson, but no. Yeah. I think once you get past the top 10, like the, yeah. the, the main yeah. 10, 11 guys you have, it's kind of a As soon as you play. get to, you know what? Ryan, I, Ryan Tannehill. I was just going to say, this is where it starts to get shaky. And I'm going to say yeah. most Either likely he's better, but the next guy I'm going to say, who's the next Justin one? Herbert. Oh, no. no. All right. Uh, Matt Stafford. No, no way. Joe Burrow. Pro maybe. maybe. Big maybe. So that, that's that's most likely. Daniel Jones. 150%. And then Jalen Hurts. Most probably. Can I buzz him? Can I buzz him? I knew Steve would back me up on that one. <laughs> I had... Yeah. I, I had to make it one of my bold predictions. I, I had to. Oh. I think I, I told you you were going to hate this one, Mike. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a top five QB. I, I have gone out on a go for it. 
I keep think going, he's Steve. going Go to off, be King. a top five QB. And this is, it is not that I think Jalen Hurts is the fifth best quarterback in the NFL. It's not that I think the Eagles will be a good team. It's that I think he will be the fifth best fantasy quarterback. You have to know the difference between, you know, a real QB, fantasy QB. Jalen Hurts has the highest rushing floor of any quarterback in the NFL besides Lamar Jackson. And all signs point to him being the Eagles starter. And there's no plan elsewhere besides, I mean, there were rumors that they were going to trade for Deshaun Watson. Now he's being investigated by the FBI. That's kind of pushed under the table. Joe Flacco's his backup. He's not playing. Jalen Hurts will be starting every game for the Eagles unless he gets hurt. In his three full games last year, he was the third best quarterback. He had 19.2 points, 37.7 points, 18.5 points. He averaged 280 passing yards a game and 79 rushing yards a game in those three full games. That's a 16 game pace of 4,500 passing yards, 1,260 rushing yards, which would have been third best in the NFL, not third best of QBs, third best in the NFL of all players for rushing yards. He did this in college at Oklahoma and Alabama. It's not like we haven't seen this before. What's the biggest complaint about Hurts? Oh, he's inaccurate. He can't throw the ball. 52 completion percentage. Well, that's what happens with young guys. They figure that out. That's what everyone was saying about Josh Allen this rookie year. Kyler Murray, people have been talking about not being so accurate. Jalen Hurts has the tools to get you that floor every single week with his athletic ability. And he led all QB in yards per completion last year at 13.8 with a banged-up offensive line and no good no receivers. No wide receivers. They just drafted Devonta Smith, who he already has chemistry with, from college. Now you have, you know, Jalen Rager year two. That's when they normally take that jump up. The offensive line is healthy and the Eagles defense is terrible. It is awful. And we have been on the fantasy podcast here talking about how we don't trust their backfield, how we don't think Miles Sanders can be a workhorse number one. Maybe Gainwell can have a role, but they don't have, you know, a guy they can give to every down to pound the rock. They're going to have to be throwing the ball because they're going to be trailing. And Jalen Hurts is a scrambling QB. He makes a lot of his throws on the run, improvising with plays. The reason I say top five is because it has to be bold. I don't think saying top 10 is bold because that's where he was kind of drafted or ranked as the 10th 11th QB but if Hurt starts I love him (laughs) I love him they they Mm. believe in yeah exactly I love when people write in all caps like he's there he is the Eagles quarterback and if 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 Jalen Hurt starts all 16 games and I think he will unless he gets hurt he will be a top five QB that's my bold prediction he's going to be the second best rushing quarterback in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. And Mm -hmm. he was still throwing for 280 yards in his starts last year with a 52 completion percentage. That Mm -hmm. can't go get worse. That can only go up. He's got better weapons, a healthier offensive line. And I'm telling you right now, watch his rushing highlights. He is a running back when he scrambles. He's not a quarterback. Everyone talks about Lamar being that. Hurts is just as good as a rushing quarterback. I will say he cat. I'll just say I'll just take my notes because yeah, you know, he's he's the second this. best rushing quarterback this. in the NFL. He had yep. you know a lot of rushing yards, 354 rushing yards and only what four real starts last year. Yeah, and he, he yeah. some games. It was three and, full games. Yeah, I'm exactly. Confused. And so they go into this offseason now, and what do they do with question marks surrounding him? 
they, you know, say they're not taking a quarterback. They trade Carson Wentz. They yep. make him the QB1, yep. and they cater this offense to him. And what do they do? Also, get him a shiny new toy, Devonta Smith, a deep threat guy who you brought it up. He uncorks the ball. He likes to launch it. You saw it in the, pre- the only preseason act we got from him so far. I think he was three of seven for, like, I don't know. It was, like, 50-something yards on three completions. It's just yeah. he's a guy looking downfield, and he has the receiving core to do that. Jalen Rieger could stretch the field, kind of plays a slot guy. Devonta I love Smith. him obviously can stretch the field or run anywhere uh, outrun anyone anywhere in the field and then not a bad lineup at tight end people love dallas goedard i think fantasy wise way too high on him but he's a good piece to pair with zach Ertz. so he's got the offense there to succeed they catered it to him they believe in him he's given every opportunity this year if he stays healthy i think he should should if he plays all 17 games he should be finishing as a Probably QB five right in that spot in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Just because of rushing alone, he gets the end zone with his legs and through the air. He's a red zone threat in multiple ways. I just think he might not be the most efficient this year. He might not, you know, throw for sixty five percent completion. Much he he might he might throw double digit interceptions. Right, but yeah, fantasy (laughs) perspective, he he's gonna be guaranteed a top ten guy in my eyes, and he's being drafted as QB twelve right now. And, and that's what I think. Much like Lamar in Baltimore, I think Hurts can be the Eagles RB1. We all talk about, oh, he I don't know be. if we love the Ravens running backs because Lamar's probably going to have the most yards, most attempts. I think Hurts can do the same thing for Philly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think he's – I'm sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to – a couple things about him. Um, yeah. Number one, it's hard to find a quarterback more uniquely qualified for the situation, all the drama that he's dealt with already in his young professional career yeah. than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. When we go back to college and all the, um, I don't want I don't necessarily want to call it drama, but sort of the confusion, misunderstandings, not quite fitting in between Alabama. Then he went to uh, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? It was, it was like, ah, you know, I really like the guy's resiliency. This is a guy with a lot of patience. But we also saw last season that he's not just going to be a doormat. You know, he'll he'll wait, he'll bide his time, but he's not going to be disrespected the way he was at the end of that last uh, game of the season. Like, that was not okay. And I think it's fine as an athlete to have boundaries. Um, but there's a lot of athletes that they want to be great. They want to be, be treated like they're great. And Jalen Hurts, to me, doesn't seem to be a high ego guy, just a guy who knows his worth and expects to be compensated fairly. So I think that he can – you know, sort of uh, wade through the, the rapid waters here and come out on top pretty successfully. Um, in terms of a Russian quarterback, it's tough for me to put anybody in the same category with Lamar just because of how dynamic a player he is. But I do I think, think that. Lamar, yeah, but, but I, I do think, think that he's he's in that category with Kyler yeah. Murray, um, and I think that they're probably in a tier by themselves. I think Josh Allen's a little bit slower, more of a fullback rather than a running back in his style. Oh, it's um, a beautiful fullback, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's important to notice that quarterback, when we talk about fantasy, is one of the sort of most distorted positions in terms of what's a good NFL quarterback versus a good fantasy right. quarterback, um, just because so much more uh, emphasis is put on running versus passing. So you don't have to throw the ball that much, but if you make up with it on the ground, you're a great fantasy quarterback, even if you're not so great at leading your team to victory. And as a, mm-hmm. as a result of that, I feel like there's a lot more parity in terms of QB rankings. So for you to say that he's going to be a top five quarterback in fantasy to me, that's not as wild of a take as it would be to say, make the same claim about a running back who's only played in 
three games yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? I think that's much mm-hmm. more realistic. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's only got a couple professional games to his credit, but he's a very experienced football player in terms of time that he's – games mm-hmm. he's been a part of, times he's spent And the importance of those watching. games. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's not some green kid who's you know super young, played a year or two in college, and then came to the NFL. He's, he's really been – and he's got a lot of experience – so I, I like the call. It's it's a bold mm-hmm. pick, but I don't think it's at all unreasonable. Yeah, no, he's probably – I was trying to go through in my head who, like, the safest quarterbacks in fantasy football are, and he's definitely in the top seven. Absolutely in the top seven. I'd say he's the last one that you're drafting at his floor um, is probably Jalen Hurts. Uh, and so I don't hate this whatsoever. Uh, is this this pick wow. that you thought that I would hate? Well, I I remember uh, probably a month ago, Wake. I brought oh, up yeah. said you wanted to disown me after that. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I almost I, I almost disbanded it, the fantasy baseball. Is, is, he, is, he, is, is it growing on you a little bit? It's is the growing Jalen Hurts love growing on you? It's you know what I have. <laughs> I you know, it. Steve. You know me better than anybody on this show as far as fantasy goes. I would say, and you know that you probably know three things. One, I love bad defenses. I love. I hate young tight ends. But most importantly, I, I love bad defenses. And Philadelphia has a terrible defense. Like, Ronald Darby was not great. But, like, ever since he left that secondary, man, it's been bad. Like, and they, they, they can't replace Ronald Darby? What the hell are you doing over yeah. there? Jalen Hurts is going to be – he's going to have so much opportunity to put, put up mm-hmm. points and not win games. It's going to be ridiculous. He might yeah. lead the league in garbage time fantasy I was just going to say that. Yep. Garbage 100%. time hero this year. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And there <laughs> right. is a difference between fantasy success versus on-the-field right. success. And that's where a lot – that's where the advanced fantasy players get the difference between the lesser advanced. Jordan, I know – I feel like we went over your last pick. So, so – so, so you played a little game I'm with sorry. us, and you know, big cliffhanger though, Jordan. This is gonna be the last one for the show, so it better be a good take. What was that bold oh, prediction you were leading us up to? Uh, so my Give prediction, yeah, Alvin Kamara will be the oh, boy. only fantasy relevant Saints player this year. That's mean to Jameis. That's mean. Wow. To no, I love Mark. Jordan, you got. We got four minutes to figure this out. So go with it, Jordan. Tell us what you're thinking. Alvin Kamara is looking like he is a walking Will Smith meme. He's looking in the living room. There's nobody there. We talked about the love for Jameis, and I'm still seeing articles about who's going to be the Saints' starting quarterback. If Jameis Winston has not been able to definitively showcase why he should be the starting quarterback over a guy who was listed as a tight end last season, I'm not okay. all that excited I, about it. That tells I, me that he might not have fixed those um, the 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 turnover issues. We've got Michael Thomas's hurt. We're now talking about guys who could step up, but we're at the point where we're looking at Marquez Callaway. We're looking at guys yeah. that were third on the depth oh, yeah. chart as trying to step in. Yeah. These are guys that now we're looking at when they place good corners, they're probably going to get shut down. Teams can now afford to play their best corner on Marquez Callaway. And we yeah. saw Michael Thomas last year. Yeah, I don't expect him to miss the whole season, but he played a bit last year. And when he was hurt, he seemed to be the type of player that does not play through injury well. When healthy, Michael Thomas, I think, is a star. But if he is not healthy – and if he's still dealing with injuries that he was dealing with last season, mm-hmm. go ahead, take a flyer on him, but don't expect to rely on him too much. So a lot to get here in just two and a half minutes because I know Trainwreck <laughs> Tonight is going live right at 6 p.m. Um, so And the, Will Lutz. We, 
it's hurt. Okay. Well, of course, Will Lutz is hurt. Um, so I don't. We talk about bad coaching and how that's affecting how we're looking at Detroit. Maybe DeAndre Swift gets a bump because of that. I don't think we talk about Sean Payton as a bad coach, right? But there's no way, no way that in training camp, and I've been actually reading reports from training camp, and Jameis Winston has not been behind Taysom Hill by any means. It's been a good quarterback battle, and Jameis Winston has had bigger plays, more more exciting plays. I just, I think Sean Payton, he got lucky with Drew Brees. He traded for him and everything. You know, I, I can't remember if he was there for that or anything. But Drew Brees carried Sean Payton is basically what I'm trying to say. And he doesn't know how to find a good quarterback on his own. So, so I, I believe that Alvin Kamara could be the only relevant saint just because of Sean Payton's inability to move on past Drew Brees. Um, Meerkat, give us 20 seconds of why this is right or wrong. Uh, I think it's. I think he's going to be the most fantasy relevant player. I think he's going to be a superstar. I, if Michael Thomas is healthy, though, I like him to have a bounce back. I like Jameis's arm. I like some of those receivers. Jameis, we're talking fantasy here, not real, like yeah, real life. So he delivers the ball. He throws a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards. I don't. Yeah, I think a lot goes to Kamara, but I don't hate all the receivers. But he's definitely the only safe option. Mm-hmm. Only safe option for sure. Only fantasy relevant. Maybe different conversations, Steve, or how do you feel? I just got a couple things. Draft Michael Thomas, draft Marquez Callaway. That's all I'm going to say. Michael Thomas, you're getting at really good value. If he's healthy and James is the quarterback, he could see 20 targets a week. It's ridiculous. And Marquez Callaway, <laughs> you're getting the number one receiver. I'm not he's kidding. Not Jameis Winston, he's not wrong. J.D. McKissick got 14 last year. Not anything and, happen. And Marquez <laughs> Callaway, he's going to be the only number one receiver you can get for the first couple weeks for a team that late in the draft. His ADP is starting to soar. Draft both of those guys. If you could get Thomas at value, get him. Don't reach for him. Marquez Callaway, you could get for basically free at this point. Draft those two guys. Marquez Callaway is going to help a lot of teams this year. That's all I'll say. This has been a ridiculously fun episode. I hope to do more bold predictions. Maybe a midway, mid-season point bold predictions at the end of the year. I think that would be a really fun one. Talk about some potential league winners. But we talked about some here, maybe. Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson, uh, Anthony Ferkser, of course, got a mention here or there. But if there's anyone, Jalen Hurts, that we missed, we want to know your bold predictions. So tweet at us at TWS Fantasy. And make sure you're following all the other train wreck shows we got going on. Obviously, we said it. Uh, train wreck tonight going live in the 6 o'clock hour tonight. Crowdus' podcast back Wednesday. What's train wreck watching? on uh, on Wednesday as well. And then just looking forward for you guys. Free Money Football Wednesday. Meerkat's going to be a very busy man. Trainwreck Fantasy Baseball the next day. Happy Hour Hoops making their return after the summer. And, of course, the Folding Roundtable, the newest show from Trainwreck Sports and the Buffalo fan base. For make- so make sure you guys are tuning in for all of those. But until next time, this has been Trainwreck Fantasy Football. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Good night now. <laughs>